Bridgetown Church, greetings, and welcome to those of you joining us online. My name is Gabriel J. Flores, and this is The Daily for Friday, February 26th. Today in our final daily honoring Black History Month, I would like to spend our time highlighting the value of togetherness. I believe that we can experience and see God more holistically when spaces reflect a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational community and are bound together in love by the Holy Spirit. I believe that to be like Jesus is to establish spaces in which people come together and feel seen, yes, but honored and welcomed as well. In a time where the divide continues to increase, I believe that togetherness, while rooted in commitment, is a path toward healing for our church, our communities, our city, and our country. So first, let me take a step back and tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a father of two young children, a husband, a coach, and I love to fly fish. I am also Latino. I was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where the minority is the majority in much of the city. When I first moved to Portland, I heard that it was the whitest city in the country. And at that point, I didn't question why it was white. But as I started to build new relationships here in Portland, I sensed a discomfort from Oregonians in talking about my race or ethnic background, tiptoeing around what I was and where I was from. This was all a new experience for me. In a church small group where I was the only minority, I would try to ease the tension by addressing the elephant in the room. I'd say all sorts of things like, I'm Latino, and if ever at any point we need to discuss that, I'm completely open to it. My efforts did indeed lower the tension, but what arose was, well, what I believe to be, a form of unconscious racism. And unfortunately, for the rest of the night, jokes about my food, my race, and my origin flowed from everyone. I was so taken back that I said nothing, and the tension in the room became the sinking feeling in my gut and wouldn't go away. Although I do not bear resentment to these people, I didn't, however, return to that church or small group. But now after six years living in Oregon and knowing what I do of Oregon's history, I believed what I experienced was the product of centuries of racism in Oregon and then decades of ignoring that racism. So from here, I want to give a very brief and very simplified history of racism in Oregon. I believe it's important for our conversation around togetherness, or as author and speaker Latasha Morrison would put it, Jesus can make beauty from ashes, but the family of God must first see and acknowledge the ashes. In 1866, the 14th Amendment was passed, which granted citizenship to all people born in the U.S. and established equal protection under the laws. But what you might not know is Oregon didn't ratify that amendment until over 100 years later in 1973. Oregon was also one of six states that refused to ratify the 15th Amendment when it passed, which gave black people the right to vote. Even after these laws were ratified, the message was very loud and very clear. Black people are not welcome in Oregon. And this is why Oregon remains one of the whitest cities in America. And it wasn't until after the 1980s that Portland started to become the progressive city that we know today. However, that doesn't mean that racism vanished. In a way, it was sort of just swept under the rug. Today, 
Black, Indigenous, and people of color experience microaggressions and covert racism as they live and work in Oregon, and sometimes even worse. Okay, let's take a deep breath. And my question for you today is, what is the right response as a follower of Jesus to centuries of segregation and division? And what is it the church needs to model and learn to lead in? I believe it is togetherness. Now, I don't mean this to oversimplify the work that there is to be done in our fight against racism in the U.S., but I do mean to provide a path that aligns with the way of Jesus and is the antithesis to segregation, exclusion, and division. So once again, allow me to repeat the mission of togetherness. We experience and see God more holistically when spaces reflect a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational community and are also bound together in love by the Holy Spirit. In this, we see that togetherness is not a nice thing to have, but rather absolutely essential in order to call ourselves followers of Jesus, as well as to see the heart of Jesus more holistically. We must go together and not in indifference, I might add. 1 John 4 would put it this this way. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. Togetherness does not and will not just happen, especially after intentional division and separation. There must be equal intentionality to bring restoration, to bring salvation. Now, earlier, I quoted Latasha Morrison. So I want to be sure to take a moment to highlight the work that she is doing through her organization, Be the Bridge. She founded Be the Bridge in 2016 to encourage racial reconciliation among all ethnicities, to promote racial unity in America, and to equip others to do the same. Her vision is that people and organizations are not only made aware, but are responding to the racial brokenness and systemic injustice in the world. They work to invite people into the ministry of reconciliation. They believe that we are to be reconciled to God and to one another, and that complete racial unity and justice cannot happen apart from from the reconciling work of Jesus Christ on the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit to move individuals to make peace with God and all humankind. To quote Latasha's book by the same name of her organization, she writes, Jesus' final prayer was oriented around a vision for unity. And he commissioned his church to be the healing agent that brings the ministry of reconciliation into broken and fractured places in society. And yet an honest assessment raises more questions than answers. Is the church at large? And are we as individuals currently making any contribution to healing the divisions? Or are we making things worse? Have we come to grips with our role in creating this divide? Or are we stuck in a state of denial? I believe now would be a great time just to pause and catch our breaths and perhaps move into a time of reflection. To start, let me read out of 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 through 27. And perhaps traditionally, we may have read this passage through a lens of spiritual gifting, in which case, Yes, 
Today, however, I ask that we read it through the lens of togetherness. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were baptized by one spirit to, as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. This passage represents a bit of an opposition, to say the least, to our individualistic narrative our society projects. But now, we're invited to posture ourselves toward what the Spirit of God is asking and doing. We pray in order to make room, in order for the Holy Spirit of God to bring to mind ways we can dwell in the space of togetherness while remaining true to peacemaking. So if you're able, would you, with me now, close your eyes, slow your breathing, and together, let us lean into what the Spirit of God is up to. We ask for eyes to see and ears to hear. Jesus, what are you saying to us right here, right now? How do I remain open to both giving and receiving love from you and the world around me? In what ways would you have me move toward racial reconciliation? In what ways have I moved toward racial reconciliation? How can I move from confusion to the reflection of goodness that you are? How do I carry the weight of my responsibility while allowing you to do the heavy lifting. Highlight what isn't mine to carry at all. Have I, in dis have I disengaged from you and others? And Jesus, what is your invitation to me? As I stand here and now, 
Am I committed to your ideas or my own? Have I remained pliable, humble, meek? Have I grown impatient and frustrated? Highlight the areas in which I have misplaced my hope. We know that heaven is a place that will be thoroughly represented. Show me now how I can represent you to the world around me. Today, my friends, I leave you with the words of Dr. Brian Loritz. In heaven, there will not be unreached people groups. Racism in America was a centuries-old, intentional, proactive, well-thought-out, blueprinted plan And to undo it is going to take the same intentionality a thousand times in the opposite direction. Grace and peace to you, my family.